Out Bar and happy Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month. I am Isabella Regosa, an editor and producer with 10 years of experience in Latin music journalism. We just finished talking to three leading Latina publicists in mainstream media and business owners who offered tips on how to help an artist generate exposure. For our next panel discussion titled Latin Music Discovery, we have two incredible men who, who are responsible for some of Latin music's most groundbreaking hits of our generation. They are Lex Borrero, president of Neon 16, a multifaceted talent incubator that he co-founded alongside legendary Puerto Rican producer Tiny. And we also have Donnie Dizzy Flores, executive producer at Latin Universal, as well as an A&R and talent manager for DJ Snake, Snake, among many, many other super awesome artists. So thank you guys for joining this conversation. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. We good. I mean, we woke up this morning, we got life. That's all that matters. <laughs> nice. So uh, I briefly uh, introduced you in a nutshell, but I definitely want to hear about uh, your background. Uh, wh what led you to this um, career? And just tell us where you come from and specific projects that you're working on. You, you can start, Lex. You take it, Lex. You take it. Um, you know, I've been in the music business now. This is going to be my uh, 17th year in the music business. Um, I was very fortunate to start at a young age and kind of break into the industry, first as a producer, then as an executive, a manager, A&R, publisher. And uh, throughout the trajectory of my path, I've been blessed enough to do a bit of everything uh, and, and be successful at it. And about three years ago, uh, I decided to come down to Miami and kind of see what was going on right at the break of Latin music and, and, and kind of the takeover, which I think has been something really special about my career along the way that I've been able to be in the right city right at the at the break of, of that. And whether it was the LA years, right when the songwriter producer community kind of moved over and take, took over LA and then Toronto right before the Canadian movement took over and then Miami right before this, this global breakthrough of Latin music happened. So um, you know, less enough to do it. Obviously, we've built Neon 16 over the past year and a half, and, and we're super excited about all the projects that we have going on here, uh, not only with our internal artists and producers, but as well as all the work that we're doing for, you know, for some of our friends like like Baldwin and Selena Gomez and, and so on and so on. And my friend Dizzy here, who we work with together all the time, and I've had a, a, an amazing relationship building some incredible records together so excited to be uh sharing with everyone amazing love it yeah 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 um Donnie dizzy flores originally from trinidad i'm trinidad and venezuelan born in trinidad came to miami you know miami like a melting pot all every different race every different culture so you know i had a colombian friends like i had a whole bunch of different friends so came in, started doing, how I get my into is like, I did like a lot of party promotions, like promoting a lot of concerts, different events and all that came in from that. Then went to intern at Slip and Slide. After that, the pole boy with Florida and all other stuff and came up that way. And after that, you know, met a DJ Snake. And after that, it was like, you know, it was on like on everything else, basically. That's super awesome. I definitely have enjoyed a lot of the stuff that's been coming out of your projects, both of you, and it, I think it's incredible. Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to ask is, uh, this is titled uh, Latin Music Discovery, 
and you know there we work with a range of you know uh, upcoming artists that uh haven't really had that much exposure and then superstars so as people as artists as as a and r um as creators what are the elements that you look for in a rising act that gives them that star quality i'll start if you want um you know for me it's talent is not enough um one of the things that being in this business for such a long time and also understanding how you know the, the industry has changed from where back in the day there was no level of exposure through instagram through soundcloud but it was really about you know the labels making superstars at that point it was a presentation it was it was you know it, can the girl sing or can the guy sing and let's go let's give them the songs but i think nowadays the consumer is, is really smart and the consumer wants it, it has now opened up themselves to an immense amount of music and so to have an artist that really resonates and breaks through, especially in the Latin world, um, you know, I, I look for, for a lot more. I look for the character. I look for the sound. I look for the identity. Um, you know, you, you can't teach those things. Those are things that the artist develops their identity and, and their different mannerisms that they do. And because um, those things make a huge difference. And you're seeing it with the breakthrough of, of someone like Bunny uh, and Rosalia, like, their individualism as as creators stands out to the point that you know the moment Rosalia jumps on a song, you know the moment Bad Bunny jumps on a record, um, you understand their creative choice in music and why they do, you know, certain productions a certain way or their music videos a certain way. And so I think for me, um, especially right now in 2020, that's what I'm looking for. I look for individualism. I look for for character. I look for sound. Um, and most importantly, too, like for me to be able to have the vision of where this artist is going, because sometimes, you know, um, you, you're looking at something very rough. And so you just got to be able to see the vision all the way through. Uh, I always say I'm an incredible manager, but I'm not the best manager for everyone. Um, and so that's that's a pretty good kind of direction on when when I feel something and I have the vibe, I, I, I go after it. Pretty much what he said while up. But, um, you know, what I look for is like, you know, like hard work and, you know, dedication, like star power. Like I learned that, you know, so you got to have star power when you walk into the room, a certain energy, a certain, a certain look, you know, you can just see stuff before it happens. Like I believe in, you know, hard work a lot, a lot of hard work, a lot of praying, just, you know, just when you hear something, you just got, it just got to feel it. You know, you got to feel it. You just got to, your soul got to feel it. You know, that's, that's how I look at it. It's like, it just, it's not just about, Oh, this person's dope. Oh, he got all this. Like, nah, you got to feel their music. And it's like, they got to put that work in. The work mm -hmm. is everything. Like, you know, just, just oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. Nah, you got to put the work in. That's what I believe. And I just look for that type of talent that want to put that work in. That's yeah, and I think it's pretty incredible that, well, now we actually oftentimes rely on like numbers like how many streams do they have like are they uh topping the charts what's their you know how, what's their social following how many instagram followers do they have but like i love that what you said dizzy too that that it's about feeling feeling it and also identifying uh that they believe in their own vision as well right and also and, and as you and as you said Alex, like uh, leading them into that vision seeing what where where else they can go uh and I think that it's a very interesting time today uh, versus maybe like 
before maybe let's say Despacito where we weren't really relying on like the charts and stuff. So I guess I want to ask another, uh, this question, how do you, how have you found the talent that, that you've broken? Like what, what are, how do they arrive to you? How do you look for them? Where do you, wh where do you, where do you search for them or how, how, how do they come to you? Well, you want to take it? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> we look on SoundCloud. You know, we look for SoundCloud nice. and um, <laughs> different media uh, outlets. And, you know, like a lot of, you know, friends come, bring stuff. And, like, I believe in energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it's like, that's how it is. Like, if it don't work out, it don't work out. And, you know, we don't hold no grudges. But that's what it is. It's social media and just hearing good music, man. That's basically, that's what I look at. Like, I'll, I'll go sit down and and listen to anybody. I listen to any demo. You want to check it out, whatever. I'm listening to everything. I'm never going to deny nothing. If I yeah. feel something, I'll say, hey, this shit is dope. You can change this, whatever that. That's just me. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think across the board, it's, it's, it's always been like, you know, whether I meet someone through a friend or I hear about it, you know, I think part of our job is to surround ourselves with incredible people. You know, Dizzy is, is an example of that in every way, like he's always shooting new music or a new song or a new, you know, new artist um, because he's every day looking, he's every day finding things. He surrounds himself with enough creators that sooner or later it's gonna fall in his lap. You know, and I think I can say the same, like most of the artists that you're seeing, they've, they've passed our way. And like I said, sometimes we pick them up, sometimes it's the right fit, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it was, we met them too late and somebody already had, had them working, but most of the talent, because we are in a very creative environment, and I, I here at the end we pride ourselves with like really just working and surrounding ourselves with, with just great people. Um, to, for me, that's usually how it happens. I mean, I have found artists on um, quarantine. We did something called um, AR Thursdays, which was a live that we did on our Instagram at Neon, and the artist that we just signed, we found him there. He happened to be one of the artists that submitted music. Uh, he actually submitted his SoundCloud, and our a &R at the time, like, heard the music, Pablo loved it, and sent it over to me, and, and we signed them. Um, and then, you know, someone like Tiny, it was just like a meeting of the heavens just happened to be, he was my neighbor, and that kind of turned into what it was. Oh, wow. Small world sometimes, right? Like, uh, especially that, you know, neighbors, collaborators, and, and in, in the same genre style and have, you know, I think that it's important to have like always a community of people. Uh, I uh, definitely think that it's important to, in order for you to grow, you definitely always have to have like a community. And, and, and I definitely love, love hearing when uh, our artists and collaborators are like working on projects to definitely just like amplify like some kind of movement, some kind of new sound and bring it onto the forefront. I think that's really powerful. Uh, so I, I think it's really interesting, just A&R in general. I've uh, never really delved into like what it really takes, you know, what, what are some of the, 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 the tasks that you tackle along. So I want to hear it from you guys. Like what does it take to be a compelling A&R because right now you guys are at the forefront of uh, definitely bringing in a lot of like really good talent and a lot of really cool projects into the like into the mainstream. So can you tell I mean, me about your work? What does it take to be a great A&R? I mean, just paying attention, listening, and finding great shit. I'm just, I don't know if I say that, but like I say, it's like how I look at it is like when you hear something 
it's like I don't just try to hear it just for like the America or whatever it is. I want to do have it to be global, like you know what I'm saying. Like, and I learned that from DJ Snake. Like, he's like, yo, Dizzy, these records, whatever. We can't just be like we just can't just think about the states. We gotta think about everywhere. We want to go to China. We want to go to Japan. So I just look at like global things, like you know what I'm saying. And I that, that's what I look for when I you know what I'm saying. I don't look just oh I don't want to just make it just for this and that a club. Nah, I want to make sure it gets played everywhere across the world. Like, that's what I for me. I think for me, it's kind of the same way that I look at management. It's vision, right? You, you need to figure out, you need to see the vision of a project and whether we're working on the capacity of developing an artist or whether we are working on the capacity of finding an artist or, you know, creating records. And, and in this case, you know, recently me and Dizzy worked together on the SpongeBob soundtrack that, that we're putting out on the label. And it was the same thing. It was you know, we, we were um, reached out by Paramount to do this project and it was about figuring out, okay, what do we want to hear? Because uh, we could have gone 20 million different ways with this record and, and um, you know, part of it was being able to create the vision and give the vision to the producers so that they can execute and then coming together with Dizzy, for example, on the second single we're about to come on and say, Dizzy, I got this record, this is what I hear, what do you hear? And him, you know, being able to see the vision of what our goal was for the project and execute the hook. And then from the hook, it was like, okay, now we can put this, this, this person. And I think that's the biggest thing is just having having vision as an A&R is everything. If you don't have the vision for the project, if you can't foresee what you want to do in it, it's very impossible as a creative to, to be any good. And whether, again, whether it's in signing artists, because if you don't see the vision on an artist, you probably will pass on it. Yeah. If developing artists, if you have the brand new artists and maybe they could, you know, maybe they're a great singer. They have, uh, you know, everything that Rosalia and a Bad Bunny would have had, but five years ago, and you have to see the vision of saying, okay, I know that if I put this record together, this and this record, I'm going to get into this position. Or yeah. whether it's a song like SpongeBob and being able to say, okay, you know, what what kind of production do we want on this? Who do we think is great on this? And then piecing it all together, you know, it's it's also producing because, you know, I change the structure on songs all the time, and and I've gone through like ten versions of every record that has ever come out just because, um, you know, it has to feel right and it has to get a vibe and sometimes it's too long and sometimes it's redundant. Uh, I would say the key to being an A&R is just having vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vision and just like, another thing is what I look at is like, you gotta, if these guys can't be in the same room hanging out or whatever it is, they don't need to be on the song. It has to be organic, it has to feel good. Like we just, you know, we just shot the video like, and, and Lex was there like, it's like they all can hang out together. They can have shots, whatever they want to do. So it has to be organic because when the song comes out, they all gonna take it. You know, they gonna you know what? I support this song. I mess with this artist. It's like you just it got it just got to be okay. You can't be forced. Oh, this person's big. His numbers is big. Let me put it together. No, mm-hmm. it has to be organic, and everybody has to mess with each other. That's all. Yeah. And vision. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. No, uh, and and you just brought up the SpongeBob collaboration. Uh, your song Agua. I think that's really dope. Uh, by Tiny, uh, J Balvin, executively produced by by you. Both of you worked on it, is that correct? Or yeah, I worked on Awa, but Dizzy worked on me on the rest of the project uh, and, and the second single that's coming out. Um, and again, we, we collaborate consistently on a lot of different projects. And I think that's really awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I picked that number one. Um, and I just kind of want to hear the story behind it. Like, what, like how, how did the SpongeBob uh, uh, soundtrack film you know how did that collaboration happen so initially we um we got invited by paramount to go see the movie and kind of screen the movie 
And when we saw it, you know, they asked us, do you hear, do you think you could do some sort of a cool Latin remix uh, of the theme song? And, you know, when, again, vision. When I heard that, I said, oh, you know, the SpongeBob is such a big brand. And I worked with Aureli, who's the, the um, she's in charge of music over at Paramount. And it's an incredible person and kind of saw the vision. And I remember I was in Mexico right before quarantine hit. At, at some award show, and I called her and I said, look, we'll only do it if we could do the whole soundtrack, because I see it. I think outside of just what Awa became or what that beat was, I saw the vision of what we can do as a whole project, as a company behind the brand. And so then after that, you know, you, you give it to the master, and Tiny found a way to flip that um, that I thought was incredible. And then we worked on the lyrics of that between me, Balvin, Katine, and Jay Cortez uh, and Sky. I mean, we, we, you know, it goes to show you how much it goes into making this record because it really was pieces from everyone. You know, it was like the hook from Jay, like chorus from Sky, a verse from, from K Team, the rest me and Balvin going back and forth. So it really creates this, this, um, the, this amazing record by going through the process of really trying to find it. And then we also had to fit into what the, the guidelines were for a movie, you know, which is, very particular in a brand like SpongeBob. So we changed verses and lyrics on that song. I want to say probably about 12, 13 times. Like it was quite, I mean, every time I would call uh, Jose, he'd be like, not again. I said, yeah, <laughs> you know, because it was, it was a long time, but you know, thankfully, uh, you know, it became a huge success and, and we're really excited about the rest of the soundtrack and, and also being able to be the first, Latin company to put a soundtrack of this of this caliber, as well as being able to have Jose and Tiny be the first Latinos. Uh, you know, the, the song is the, the ending credit of the movie. So it's the most important part of the movie musically. Um, and so to have them be that and to be able to position that song was a big deal for us. That is super incredible, especially that uh several years ago it wasn't so common to see latin music or latin artists uh, soundtracking such a mainstream film that i mean it's such a blockbuster and i definitely really admire the 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 ferocious presence the 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 work and the the ethics and the vision that that it takes to to uh, achieve something like that so, so mad props for for uh, for that. I, I definitely love Agua. I think it's really dope, and that's that's such a really cool cool collaboration there. Uh, and and I also wanted to highlight uh, you, Dizzy, because um, I I'm such a big fan of, of Osuna and DJ Snake, and obviously you know I mean, who doesn't love Taki Taki, right? It's like I, I mean my I hear it on my block all the time, and my my. Uh, it's it's always like on the top of my my playlist as well. Um, but also the the uh, recent um, co credit that you share with Osuna on his on his new album, I wanted you to uh, talk to to us about that songwriting process. Um, I think it, uh, it it's it's such a really really contagious earwormy record. So please please yeah. uh, so, fill I mean, us in. Like with Taki Taki, you know that was a movie. It was a lot of work into that. Um, you know Snake. Came was like, I want to get into, you know, the Latin space and I want to do my next record to be, you know, big. So he's like, I want to get, you know, Asuna, da, da, da. So we, we chased down Asuna for like 
three, four months before we get it done. Like, and then we finally get it. Like we, it was another track. And I remember he was like, yeah, Poppy, I got you, Poppy, I got you. Da, da, da. And it's like, from that, he's, it's just been like, one, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back. So I started listening to other tracks. Like, you know what? I, I said like, the Taki Taki beat another one. I'm like, yo, check these ones out. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, yo, fire. You'll have it back tonight. So I'm like, at this point, I'm like, yeah, you've been saying that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. So I remember he was on tour. He was in in, in Columbia, and he sent the video. He's like, you ready? You ready? You ready? Because me and the like, yo, I'm talking, you ready? You ready? You like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Boom, we sent the video. Tack, tack. I was like, oh, my God. This is, like, something crazy. So I remember I sent the Snake. Snake was like, yo, this shit is crazy. Let's try to, let's try to finish it. Let's try to, you know, let's try to, because he only did, like, a verse and a hook. And he was like, no, Poppy, this can be big. Like, this can be big. Like, you know, that's what he said. This can be big, Poppy. This can be big. Like, we got to get other people on it. So I remember I went to, I went to Jake Balvin, Bad Bunny team. I went to everybody's team. And they were like, no, no, no. I just like, kind of like, man, this record might never come out. So then I st we started working on Local Contigo and all the other stuff before the Taki Taki. So then it was like, then after like, I remember I went to New York with my boy Brooklyn riding around. He's like, you know, I started working with Cardi. And I was like, oh, you know, I got his record. Even maybe I could play, whatever. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, dope. He play, you know what I'm saying? He play, he's like, I love this shit. Uh, I'll play it for him. And, and I was like, all right, cool, play it. Remember, he called me like, yo, she love it. Let's make it happen, bomb, bomb. But then she's pregnant around that time, right? So we deal with the pregnancy. We deal with the release from Interscope. And so now it comes into the, um, so they went and got Selena Gomez on it. And I was like, so there's like, oh, this, we just gonna go with Selena Gomez. And I remember, and like, I remember I, I said, well, this is, let's let Cardi and B know, we'll do some other stuff with them. We, we don't need them. We'll just do, it'll just be Osuna and, 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 and Selena. So we get on the, so I say, hey, you know, we're going to pass on the record. I just remember, I just sent a text. I remember the FaceTime coming in. I'm like, damn, why am I, I, I pick up the FaceTime. It's Cardi B, da -da 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 -da, cussing, loud of head, like, blah, 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 I'm going to be on this. This is, you, you can keep Selena on this. This is going to be the biggest song in Dykeman. I'm like, Dykeman? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what are we talking about, Dykeman? She's like, no, this is going to be the biggest song, Dykeman, da, 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 da. And I'm like, all right, cool. So she's like, a matter of fact, Get your behind to Atlanta tomorrow. We cutting it, whatever. So we went over there and cut it, and it's like, I just remember it. Now it's crazy, like, and that you know from that we did a, the last Asuna album with Diddy on Snake. I, I put that together with Puff Daddy and the thing, and then Asuna was like, I just need you to you know help me out with different things, like. So he sent me this the other record. He was like, Yo, what do you think? I said, Yo, we should put Doja Cat on it, and that's you know what I'm saying whatever. So I went, we got Doja, and he was like, Let's get Sia, and it's like, all right, cool. And like, that's basically what it is. It's like. And I, we, we were working on so much other stuff. Like, same thing with Lex. Like, he calls, like, yo, this is what you think, bum, bum. And I, we just make it happen. Like, I'm the guy that makes it happen. They call me the biggest. <laughs> they gave me a name, Mr. Get It Done. Like, yeah, and, Lex, yeah. like and even Lex was like, you know what, bro? You really are Mr. Get It Done. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I just love doing it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just being around, like, you know, Lex and Rebecca and Aldo and all, you know what I'm saying? Just, just being around great people. That's how I look at it. So. Yeah, no, that's dope. Uh, I, last year, I was at Coachella, so I saw, like, DJ Snake, and then suddenly Osuna, and then Cardi B, and then suddenly, I was like, what the heck? Everyone's, like, present right if now. You know, yeah. story. If you don't know the story, what happened to make that happen, it's, it's another day. That's another story. <laughs> Boy, just know, like, it was, like, two minutes from not happening. Wow, yeah. Was. Two minutes from not happening. That's how crazy it was. Nah, I remember, I remember, we were, like, we were all, like, losing our, we were, like, wait, what, 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 yeah, it was, like, such an, like, 
highlight, like super amplified moment. It was, it was, yeah. it was really cool. Trust me, it was, it's, it was <laughs> intense for me, like very bad. <laughs> I'm just glad it happened because, boy, I tell you. So, uh, no, no, I think that's really, really awesome. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm super interested in like, you know, just like the specific artists and projects that you that you that you guys work with. So. Another thing that I also, since we are a creator-generated like platform, we have over 25 million creators on SoundCloud, and I wanted also uh, you guys to offer some like tips and advice. Like, what what would you what what would you say to an artist that's just budding to be like, hey, this this is our these are the things that you you need to like check or like this is the things that will help you establish your career. So, what what advice would you offer? Well, in this world we live in now, it's social media, right? So basically, you know, put the best music to put together, get on social media, DM, whatever you got to do to get to you know use your friends, have your friends support you, whatever it is to get you know, in front of somebody that can pay attention to your stuff. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's about, like, uh, let's say, vision. You know what I'm saying? You might be, it might be, oh, you can change a couple of things, whatever. But just get out there, promote. You know, growing up, when we grew up, we never had social media. We had to get it, go from street to street, block to block, and whatever. Now it's like you can hit everything in one press of a button. So use that, utilize on that, and just keep going. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I would say the same. I, I think, you know, perseverance is key. So, um, but it comes down to music. You, again, back to what I was saying at the beginning about discovering a new artist. Uh, if you have an identity, if you have your, your, your artistic identity clear, then execute that by creating content that is, that will draw people in, you know, and great music and, and then finding the right team, finding someone who will listen to it. And it's a step. I always say, you know, you got to connect the dots. So you got to figure out what step you're in and what's the next one. And yeah, we all want the superstardom, but I think once so, so many artists and so many people in our business, they just think of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to, to look at the exit door when you don't even see the step right in front of you. Totally. You don't know where you're going. You don't know that you have to take a step. You're thinking it's, you know, one step away, but really it's maybe 10. So for me, it's always you know, take it step by step, make great music, great content. You have a lot of outlets, an incredible platform like SoundCloud where you can put music out and get it discovered and get it and, and, and market it as well. And you have social media. And nowadays, to this point, you can reach out to anybody on social media. I mean, insane the amount of people. I wish when I was coming up in the business, I had social media. I would have been going crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My DM game would have been crazy. I'd be sliding Things up. have changed. Like, I, I was just, like, on the last panel over there. Yeah, there was, like, barely even internet 15 years ago. And, like, look at now, you know? <laughs> I remember my first label meetings. I had to look at the yellow pages and find Sony Music and call. Like, it was real. Yeah, the yellow pages days. I remember those. It wasn't like on Instagram or even internet. <laughs> like, you got to look at this. Oh, okay, Sony Music and Lincoln Road. And, like, start call calling until somebody picked up and decided, like, sending demos, burning my own CDs, and, like, mm -hmm. standing Universal. Yeah, mailing them. Yeah. <laughs> now artists don't have that. They have the, you know, they have an amazing opportunity. They're like, link, email. <laughs> yeah, I got it so easy. I just, like, oh, how do I? I'm like, bro, just keep going. Put good music out. They're going to find you. If you it's like, it's like I, I, I couldn't put it in the other world that I want to talk about. But it's like, if you got the best, 
they're gonna come find you. You know, somewhere yeah. you know, they won't come find you. So just put keep putting out quality stuff and just networking, just meeting, you know, doing what you gotta do and show up and work. Totally. Day. Yeah. And Lex, you did bring up a really interesting point when you said that a lot of artists just look at the rewards, like, oh, am I gonna get a you know nominated for a Grammy or am I gonna get uh, this kind of recognition, but definitely I always felt that there are two types of artists. I mean, obviously there's a lot more, but like to put it in like that kind of spectrum, it's like the ones that just want to do it for the props and the acclaim and then the other ones that do it for the craft, you know, and you can definitely tell like who are the artists that are doing it because of the passion, because they believe in it, because they really wholeheartedly like want to just like bring art like to the forefront. Um, and, and I think that that's a really cool uh, element that you know you you you're all working with these people that have a lot of heart that have a lot of passion and then eventually the you know the rewards will reap you know without having that being your number one driver motive i think that that's another thing that is important to highlight for people and creators that are coming up that it's always just believe in like your work yeah i think the number one thing is i, yeah. I guarantee you a hit right not me, not Dizzy, not any label can tell you I'm going to make a hit. You subjectively can say, this is a great record. I'm going to do the greatest marketing on it. But again, you can't, and me and Dizzy were having this conversation the other day. You can't plan for Justin Bieber to happen to hear Despacito while he's on tour in Bogota and want to record it. You can't plan for that. You can't plan for Neymar to have posted a song on Hawaii uh, you know, kind of ridiculing Maluma and that helped the exposure of the song and helped launch it. You can't plan certain things. You can plan for an incredible record. And that's one of the conversations I had with, with Balvin about Awa as well. When we were coming out, we're like, you know, he, he had this gut feeling. He knew that it was going to be big. And I told him, I said, you know, I don't even worry about that. What I do know is that it's a great piece of art. That if I can play somebody else's song, I can say this is an incredible record. Now the rest, there's a lot of things that go into it that you just can't all the way have control over, you know? So I think the key part of it is is really just make the best art as possible, create the best opportunity as possible, connect the dots and hustle harder than everybody else. And then the outcome will be the outcome. And normally all those things equal out to a great outcome. Yeah, you might've already answered this, uh, but I do want to frame it like this, if there's any more insight, but what do you think Latin artists and their teams did right in order to propel the genre to global acclaim? Um, collabing with global artists, collabing, <laughs> doing different things. Like, I feel like now it's like, you see Bad Bunny, J Bob, and Asuna, they all coming together and they all collabing and in different genres. So it's like, they just, they're not, they're not afraid to go do that. And that's like, that's why it's working, I think, like, to me. I mean, I yeah. yeah. I, I think most importantly is Again, it's a series of things, right? I think Balvin was really smart in wanting to push global culture. And he was the first one to say, I'm going to go and invest in Paris Fashion Week. I'm going to go invest in New York Fashion Week. I'm going to go invest in doing these collaborations that nobody's doing. I'm going to go invest having a booth at ComplexCon. So culturally, he started driving. And what again, he could have planned for Spotify at a better time. But that was a part of it as well. And, and SoundCloud and, and Apple and the, the streaming services becoming operational worldwide opened the world to this music that we were we all as Latinos have been hearing back home for ages, but it was just not a, a, as available or as 
in your face to discover as it is now. So I think that along with the fact that artists like Balvin and then obviously Kim Bunny and Osu and everybody else what just started to have a global appeal in the way that they did things and not only collaborations with the artists, but also as, as a brand. Yeah. You know, it's, a, a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but back in the day, urban artists, you know, they, they've always just followed the trend of what the American artists were doing or dressing or feeling, right? And yeah. to me, Balder was the first one that was like, okay, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna just up it up a notch. Mm -hmm. And he was the first one to use, like to have cause and the artist and to have Murakami as a Latino, like most of those artists didn't remember what that was. You know, everybody knows the diamonds and the platinum or whatever, but the culture part of kind of expanding your, your palette for other things, he was the first one. He was the first one getting Amiri clothing and, and things that nobody was just even on. Uh, and that ultimately, I think, helped expand the palette of, of the consumer to be like oh like now you see everyone in latin america wanting a, a pe like a cost toy or wanting a murakami painting or wanted like the super exclusive whatever designer from japan because balvin opened that door first yeah yeah and and that's one thing too that uh a lot of uh like urbano artists are uh definitely you know collaborating as well with a lot of like the biggest um, hip-hop acts right now and and I think that's something that goes hand in hand really well, you know, and I think that that's, that's why um, I guess there was more um, visibility in the beginning, how reggaeton first blew up because, um, you know, how J Balvin definitely like catapulted that to the next level with uh, using these, these th this, uh, you know, thing that existed, this genre, this movement, and definitely like revamping it and like adding that Latin flavor that 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 swag and you know that that fusion as well and i think that the success behind urbano is so fascinating to me like latin trap uh reggaeton what do you credit that success to what's behind the story to that success i mean the the legends i mean like all the legends of you know like daddy yankee all those guys that you know make it happen for everybody else like if it wasn't for them like you know we, we won't be here doing all this right here. Like, you know, they, we got to give them all the credit. Like, you know, that's how I look at it. Like, I yeah. Know. And I think urban music overall, whether it's Anglo or Latino, it's culture. And culture will always drive, you know, mainstream. That's just the, the, the story of our lifestyles. Because anything that, that kind of drives that attitude, there's something about urban music. And not to discredit salsa or vallenato, because, you know, I grew up in a house where vallenato was every day. But there's something about urban music that kind of becomes the narrative of our lives um, and drives kind of our, every, every aspect of our culture between fashion and, and what we end up liking and, uh, you know, relationships, et cetera, that I think as long as urban music is around, which it's going to be forever, it's going to drive mainstream. Yeah. 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 And as, you know, uh, propellers of this, this culture as uh, influencers, as, you know, trendsetters, uh, and also just being in the industry uh, and also seeing where it's heading, do you feel that there are more, that there will be more room for other styles to come into the forefront that are not urbano? Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you think about the future of Latin music with, in pertaining to other styles? Yeah. I yeah. think it's definitely, it's going to go all the way, like, you know, EDM world. Yeah, like, that's right. Like, Definitely want to go all the way. Like, 
That's what I feel like. It's just yeah. what you're gonna do. I, I think like anything, you know, it, everything in Latin takes more time because you're dealing with a global consumption of different cultures, right? Like in Colombia, we have so much local music in Venezuela in Mexico and Peru and Argentina. Everybody has their cultural differences and it's hard to kind of break through all those at the same time. But I think as, you, as you're starting to see with like Rosalia, as you're starting to see with so many other artists that are pushing the boundaries, it's gonna continue to happen uh, over time for sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure like the the urban rock vibe is gonna come back. I mean, every music kind of will have the refresh and then salsa and Vallenato, those real cultural music will get adaptations of that into urban culture or alternative culture. And it's, it's just gonna continue to expand. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in your opinion, uh, who who are some of the most exciting uh, like new artists right now that you're that you're that you're eyeing that you feel that they that they're gonna be on the rise pretty soon? Um, Lunai, Jay Cortez, Mike Towers, you know, like El Magic, um, you know, Tiny. Mm-hmm. A lot of big things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like I I uh, you know I'm gonna be biased. <laughs> the artists that we signed, I'm really excited about. Uh, I mean, obviously, giving credit to all the artists that he he mentioned and Jay Cortez, and there's so much great talent. Obviously, Rosalia and and yeah. Seth, the other guys that are just killing in their costume. But I really, I'm excited about the artists we signed here because I think, um, you know, they resonate in a way that is just very unique and very on brand with us. You know, so I'm really, really excited for everybody to meet and kind of get to know the artists that we're pushing here, whether it's Chris Floyd or Dylan Fuentes or Holoski. Um, I'm really excited because I think it's a nice blend of talent. And obviously, you know, what Tiny continues to do is, is really amazing and excited for what's to come for him. Yeah. yeah. A lot of new talent. I'm, I'm excited, yeah. Like, I'm definitely excited to uh, check out what, what you guys are cooking up as well. Um, I know that, uh, Lex, you're, you're, you're currently working or um, actually, Dizzy, sorry, um, working on an, uh, an, or you you wrote, you co-wrote with Osuna on an upcoming album, right? Oh, yeah, the last one, and we, we worked on a new one coming up. We working on a new one. Yeah, so, so even just with, like, the songwriting uh, world, I know that there's not, like, a secret formula, but what... What does it take to to write a hit record? I know we just said like, oh well, we can't really guarantee any hits. You know, they just happen. But like, what? Like, you you guys already been producing pretty, uh, you know, smash hits that have been at the forefront of of like pop, uh, Latin pop culture. So what does what does that take? How how does that happen? It's, you can't explain it. It's not something that's it's unexplainable. Like it just it's a feeling. The people mess with it. They mess with it. It's like you can't explain it. You just got to make sure you put the great. You know what I'm saying? Make sure it's a great you could do. Like, like we had me and Let's work on a record. And we got a verse back from an artist, and he's like, "Yo, we need to go change come at the beginning of this because it ain't it ain't it." Like, you know, we did it, and I was like, "It feels great." It's just just knowing that feeling, like you gotta feel it inside. Of, like, you know, it's, it's energy, and I feel like you know, like we got some big stuff coming, and it's a lot of big stuff coming. I just you know, everything top secret. Yeah, yeah, it's, I. It's all about feeling. It's, it's just got to feel right. It's got to, you know, just make sure these, you know, it's going to sing along. It's just going to be easy. Just the flowing. That's it. Mm-hmm. I would say a hit record does what you want it to do when you want it to do it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know if you ever listened to a song and you're like, wow, I wish here it would have gone somewhere else. Like it would have exploded or, yeah. or the melody would have been again. The really good records that resonate with a large amount of people and become massive hits, they do, even if they're not the style of music you listen to, right? Like I'm not a huge, like super pop guy, but there's something about Instincts Bye Bye that you just like, oh, it's so good, you know? Like <laughs> everything you wanted to do. And then you can take that same notion into something like The Weeknd or the same notion to a hip hop record. And there's something about, you know, look at Rockstar, number one record in the country for how many, and it's a, it's a record about guns, but it feels so good because the song does everything you wanted to do when you wanted to do it, or The Weeknd, I Can't Feel My Face or Blinding Lights. There are records about drugs but they just feel so good. <laughs> they do. Drugs feel so good. <laughs> don't do kids. Don't do drugs, kids. It really shows you, um, I think, you know, and everybody has a different vibe and feeling to it, but I think a hit record uh, and when we're in the room creating or when me and Dizzy are sending back ideas, that's what, usually what we send back. Like, yo, that doesn't feel good or this doesn't feel good. And that's what we end up changing. So. Feeling has a big part to do. Yeah, it. you gotta feel it. You gotta want to get into it. You gotta have like I, I got kids. I got a wife and kids. So it's like they like. What do y'all think? They yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my thing. No, the like, guinea pigs are testing right now. <laughs> like, house. I'm like, okay, yeah, we got something special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I have little nieces and nephews, and uh, you know, it's the same. Like, I, I make, I make playlists for SoundCloud. I program all the Latin music content, and I'm always like. Listen to this, and if they if they're already like feeling it, I'm like, all right, this is a good this is a good sequence. <laughs> uh, so, um, Lex, uh, you know, you just started your company on sixteen last year. So, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about uh, what led you to create your own your own business uh, along with Tiny? I'm definitely really interested in in how that happened. So, I think prim- primarily it was it was out of need, right? Um, you know, we had reached a point with Tiny as we started working that, you know, the demand was getting overwhelming on his services and what he can do. And, and he's a very particular producer because he he really likes to take his time. He revisits records, you know, you hear it obviously in the end result. So for us at first, Neon was, we need to create a, a business that can supplement that demand without taking the essence of who you are as a brand, as tiny and who we want to be as a brand. And so we started the company with that basis, opening up a studio and, and signing a bunch of different producer songwriters that can work around Tiny to kind of create the music that, that he was on high demand for. Uh, and then that turned into, okay, we, we kind of downpacked that, let's, let's move forward and create a, a label. And so then we started the label and then the publishing company and then our live business. And then we, you know, as, as, as a good businessman, it was about, where else can we invest? Where else can we use our leverage? So we opened up restaurants and we, you know, got into gaming really heavy and then real estate really heavy. And then, you know, we've been blessed to have an incredible team. Some of those that have been with me my whole career, some who have joined us over the past, you know, a year, year and a half. And and we've been assembled an incredible group of, of, of uh, executives and creatives that I think have allowed us to bloom the company in the way that that you know everybody has seen, and so that that was the main goal for starting it. And obviously now it's it's kind of sky's the limit on what we we could do as a brand. 
Yeah, no, I think it's fascinating when, you know, you take matters into your own hands and you see like, hey, you know, I have this vision or there's this there's this gap in the industry and you definitely just make it, you know, your own your own project and your own vision. Um, and I think I was reading that the 16 is because both both of you started at the age of 16 in the in the industry. Yeah, so Neon comes from our love of Japanese culture. Um, you know, so when you think of Tokyo, you think of a lot of Neon, you think of that culture overall. Um, and so that came from that, and then 16th, we both started at that age. So you, you, you've both been in the business uh, for uh, many years now, and, and how have you experienced that evolution? I guess, just in general, I mean, the, the, the theme of this is like the evolution of Latin music, and I definitely do think that we've escalated um, a lot more now in recent years, but did you ever envision uh, before like when you guys were starting off to have this to be to be where you're at today so i mean i, I think it's two-sided right um for me coming into the anglo business uh it was first like i i, I saw the, the process of growth i saw how expandable it was i saw the growth as as kind of urban music took over then pop rock took over then back mm -hmm. to urban music and then for latin i think tiny's trajectory is is the evolution of Latin music, right? He was there at the start when reggaeton, macho Puerto Rican thing, and it was kind Back. of dripping. and then he was there at the breakthrough on the brinks of like the first Latin explosion, and then he felt the downfall of that and kind of like trying to readapt his sound to make more, you know, to my love, like more pop-driven alternative records so that he can survive as a producer while urban music kind of had the next level of explosion that he's having now. So I think, you know, in, in, in a whole seeing what's happening, I don't think any of us could have imagined it. Uh, you know, I wish we all would have had the foresight that streaming was coming because I would have invested all my money in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we, we are really excited and happy with, with the outcome. You know, we're happy where it's at and we're happy that it's having the global crossover that it is. We're happy that it's it's opening up doors, especially for companies like ours that are in the in the brinks of, of always doing something groundbreaking. Like we have the possibilities to do so many things, and our partnerships with the NFL, with Xbox, with Puma, like we've allowed ourselves to really expand. And so that part of it, I would have imagined three years ago when we when I first met Tiny and we started just having conversations um, to be at a point where we are a global company, not just a Latin business. That is pretty awesome. I love it. Uh, you know, th thank you guys. I mean, I, I always appreciate just hearing like your stories and like the, the stuff that you've been working on, like the, the what led you to to be like the brilliant, you know, just A&R and, and guys that you guys, you know, with the compelling projects. And I think that's thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you platform to, to share. So we're going to leave it up to um, the chat to ask any questions um, the last few minutes that we have here. So, so we'll see. But uh, I mean, I'll ask you in the meantime, uh, any, any trending scene that have like caught your attention recently? Any, anything that, uh, maybe cut you out of left field that you're like, oh, wow, that's that's something that, you know, you should, that we should be looking out for in music. 
Um, I'll tell you something that, that did catch my attention. I, I, at the VMAs, I saw Machine Gun Kelly and Travis um, like kill this performance doing basically rock, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I felt was like such a fresh air, especially on the Anglo side of to be able to see like, okay, you know, it feels so good. Because there's something about that music and, and that era of music overall when it was so hot and it was in the mainstream. Like, you can never take away the power of how a drum, you know, makes you feel like Travis going crazy on the drums or a guitar riff makes you feel like. It's just electro, it's like EDM music. Like, yeah. you know, people always say, oh, EDM is dead. Okay, go to a festival or a club and let, let, let Snake drop something and see if you don't lose your mind and freaking go crazy. Like, music drives our emotions. So I'm really excited to see how that starts kind of, because my feeling is, I mean, as you see Juice World and you see, Black Bears, you see so many other people, like my feeling is that's coming back. And mm -hmm. that also referred back into Latin and you're gonna see artists, I mean, you know, look at uh, a Bad Bunny's album and we produced that record and having the, the rock guitars at the end, like it, it's coming. And so I'm excited for that because I can, I'm a huge, I was a huge rock fan. Um, and I think, you know, do. I have that energy back in the production is gonna be sick. Yeah. yeah, big uh, rock fan. You like the record I have right now, uh, Lemonade, with Don Tolliver and Gunner and Nav. Like, if you listen, to this, it's all guitars. Like, it's just the vibe. Like, it just when you hear it, it's like boom. Now it's like global, top number three, like five, whatever on global right now. It's just going. It's just I think that's that's coming back. Like twenty four golden, the little yeah. mold. You know, all that stuff is just like it's just coming, bringing that vibe back. Like, I think it's dope. Yeah. Like, and and that's one thing too that I that I've always really liked too that uh, right now like you said Machine Gun Kelly and like uh, Rockstar and Juice World and I mean so many others uh, even in that are Young Blood that are definitely mixing like hip hop and rap and yeah. that's definitely something that in SoundCloud we're seeing like a lot more like uh, like hip like hip hop heads becoming rockers which is like kind of crazy because at one point you were like hey is rock dead you know I actually grew up like listening to Guns N' Roses and also Vicente Fernandez like totally end of the spectrum right and and then suddenly to like see these new kids having like this alternative but like still you know they're still like urban but then like having this rock aesthetic i think that that's that's definitely a a scene to watch as well <laughs> yeah so thank you so much guys uh we're gonna get ready for the for the next uh keynote but again i really really appreciate the insight that you guys have uh uh definitely admire all your work and um thank you so much for for having this conversation with us and and on music discovery definitely uh, let's let's keep in touch because uh, I would love to hear more about you know just like uh, exchanging yeah, information right like bring me the the, the 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 stuff that you that you're working on and I would definitely love to spotlight it as well I'm, I'm a journalist for a while so I, I definitely want to continue you know supporting mm -hmm. um, in any way that I can and I really again appreciate yeah, your we, time we appreciate SoundCloud we appreciate you know everyone to put us part of this Appreciate my publicist, Maverick, and everybody else. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all for Omar Grant for putting me on part of this and all that. Appreciate everybody. So cool. Uh, Take care, guys. Thank you.